give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, that you gave us to sing to you and praise you, Lord, and to remember, Lord, of all the things that you've done for us, Lord, and to always try to keep those in our minds, Lord. Lord, help us to, to when we're in the middle of the struggle or the battle, Lord, that we may remember all the things that you've done for us and will continue to do for us, Lord, and that tremendous love that you've given and shown us, Lord Jesus. And I'd like to ask you, Lord, for the tithes and the offerings, Lord, multiply them, Lord, for the vision, for the things that we need for uh, continuing to push your name forward, Jesus. And now we ask you for our minds, Lord, our attention. Jesus, help us, Lord, to focus on the word that Brother Gabriel has for us this morning, Lord, that we may give you our full attention, Lord, to that precious and holy word, Lord, that tool that you're going to give us, Lord, for success in the different things that are coming our way, Lord. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you, hermanos. I'm going to ask Brother Gabriel to come on up, and let's continue praising the Lord. Amen, hermanos. God bless you all this morning. Y'all may be seated. Just when you got those hermanos, they pueden sentar. God bless the group this morning also. Praise the Lord. We have another opportunity to be here and uh, hear from the Lord uh, through his word this morning. Amen. It's a, uh, started thinking about a lot of stuff this past couple of weeks. Um, with seeing things in our in our uh, in our nation changing uh, more than ever, uh, there's been some dramatic changes uh, that some of us may have recognized and some of us may have not recognized just because of the numbness of what the world is. Um, the title of today's message is Acclimated Faith, uh, and as I mentioned, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, what acclimated uh, means, or being acclimate, uh, it's being accustomed to a new climate or a new condition, is what the definition of being acclimated is. We start to think about how, um, if you put yourself, the best way of describing it is if you put yourself in a situation or some in a place that's not normal, and that uncomfort that you feel at the beginning, you know, you're claustrophobic, it's a tight space, uh, you don't like to be around a lot of people, there's a lot of people, and you get that anxiety, you get that feeling, but as time goes on, it begins to leave you. It, beca it becomes to, it, you begin to immerse yourself in it. And there's a term, uh, immersion is, where your mind starts to tell you that it's normal. You normalize yourself into a situation. Now, a lot of y'all can say, no, I have this problem, but trust me, if you do it for a amount of time, then it doesn't become a problem anymore to you. It becomes normal. And today's title, Acclimated Faith, is that we've normalized our faith. We begin to normalize our faith based off of what, how we're living or what we're seeing society doing we're starting to approve and accept things a lot easier um not only as a nation but as people of god it's starting to become normal and our faith is starting to get acclimated to it it's a dangerous place to have acclimated faith because the word of god starts to use terms like being lukewarm not being hot or cold but being lukewarm 
That become, that's what acclimated faith is, is that you have a grounded sense of God. You believe there's a God. You can say you believe in God, but his word hasn't taken you over to being obedient in all things. It's we've, we've picked the things to be obedient in. And the most dangerous thing with acclimated faith, this is the most dangerous thing, and I hope everybody hears this one, because if it's the only thing you hear this morning, it's great. If it's the only thing that doesn't distract you this morning, it's great. The worst thing about acclimated faith is families. We got a lot of families here, young families and everything. But the worst thing that the enemy wants to do is destroy a family. And when we start to look at society today and the laws that are changing and how the game is changing, it's to attack the family. Always remember that. Remember, Adam and Eve, God came, established, and what did he do? He brought them together. So what does the enemy want to do? He wants to separate them. So a lot of times, the confusion that happens in our lives, the things that, ho- that are happening in our lives is that separation is the enemy getting there in between Eve and God and saying, what did God say you have to do? So the family is under attack today, believe it or not. If you don't believe it, divorce rates are high, marriages are low. You didn't catch that one. Divorce rates are high, but marriages, why, people are saying, why get married? We don't need to get married. It's cleaner. It's cleaner if we don't get married. It's easier. So we're living in a society in a day where our faith has been acclimated, where we, we, oh, we so, we're so strong in our faith. I'm so strong. I was raised this way. I believe this way. I was raised this way. And yet we don't stand on anything. Oh, no, 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 this is the way I was brought up. What does that mean? I don't know. Because our faith has been acclimated that we have a point where we started, but where we're at today, we've forgotten the journey. The journey has made us forget the purpose. And it's a dangerous place to be in because then we begin to accept anything There's a term, if you don't accept it, you got hate in your heart. You're not accepting this. You're a bigot. We remember Jesus being here. Having a journey through the night because people wanted to kill him, stone him. And we're afraid to give our opinion now. There might be a camera on you, and you might be the hottest thing on social media. Can you believe this person said this? The more we ground ourselves and the more we begin to believe in what the Word of God says, the more our families can be blessed and kept and bonded as God bonded them. But the risk we take And the fear that's always lingering behind the back of your head is when the enemy starts to weasel his way in. Or we could say slither 
his way in to your family. God bless the kids and the youth this morning. I'd like for us to start in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, 12. Y por haberse multiplicado, o multiplicado la maldad, la caridad de muchos se resfriará. And because iniquity, because sin shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. Now, again, you... You might not want to hear this. It might be annoying to you. It may bother you to know that sin is abounding. Sin is multiplying itself in society and life. It's easier today to sin than ever before, and it's only going to get easier. Like I've like I mentioned before, the laws are changing to allow you to accept it. To normalize it, to acclimate it. Everywhere you look, something's changing that wasn't like before. And I always remember when I was a young father thinking about the messages about how life was only going to get worse. And we think like life's going to get better. Look at the technology that's Ahead of us, look at, you know, right now, employment's high, all these different things. We get excited, oh, this, this, and that. But the Word of God never says that it's going to get better here in this world. Our salvation allows us to get to a better place in this world. See, this is the hard part to understand, is that we want this world to get better, but the Word of God never says that this world's going to get better. It says that He will make our lives better. And in turn, we affect this world. It's difficult to understand, and we want to not listen to these things because nobody wants to be told bad news. Nobody wants to be told the truth. I want to be lied to. Lied to me. Instead of telling me what I need to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. You see, Jesus wasn't the type to lie to someone. He was the type to be honest and say, look, the sin around us is growing. And for that reason, people that were at church all were at church all the time. For that reason, people that used to stand up and praise God and glorify Him aren't standing up and praising God and glorifying Him. Because sin has accelerated itself. It's in our pockets. Faster than before, ever before. 
And this is why we need God more than ever before. We need his discernment. We need our conscience to be magnified, amplified, stronger than ever. We cannot lose signal in our conscience. We can't say the Wi-Fi is bad or the signal's bad where I'm standing at here. I'm going to move somewhere else closer to the window. Our signal needs to be strong in our conscience. How do you get your signal strong in your conscience? It's by talking to God. And I love the Word of God because the Word of God is true. It talks in these times there will be mockers of the Word. People don't take it seriously. I love it. I love it because for me, I could keep silent in things, and God knows how to make every knee bow down and every tongue confess that He is Lord. And for me, I don't get angry when I see protesters protesting something, I don't get angry when I see. Even people here distracted sometimes, conversing when the message is coming. Because I know God has the final say in things. And I remember times when I was young and ignorant, thinking I had it figured out, and God had to show me what it was to be obedient. 1 John 5.19 Sabemos que somos de Dios y todo el mundo está puesto en maldad. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now, brothers and sisters, don't get it twisted. For you to know you're in God is to have the confidence that you're being obedient to God, is to listen to God. It, see, look. I, 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 I think this is the thing we get confused with so many times. Your know, pastor talks about it. We are all creations of God, but we're not all children of God. Ah, that's a powerful statement because you could think you're a child of God, and yet you're doing wicked things. You're doing a little sneaky, sneaky, sneak last night. You did the stuff last night, you know, a little sippy, sippy, smoky, smoky. You know who I'm talking to? Because it was talking to me at one time. That's why I have the confidence to say these things. Because we were all creations of God. But we weren't children of God yet. And we see John here saying this powerful statement that the world is a wicked place. wicked place there's evil that would surprise you evil that you don't even know of that happens we're told on some of it on Wednesday with laws changing literally an hour after a baby's born they can kill it hour they got an hour to decide they can inject it 
There's something wrong when we, again, start to normalize something. And for me, this is where our faith has to get stronger, our belief has to get stronger, our foundation has to get stronger. Because if we're on a weak foundation, that any kind of wind, any kind of pressure, any kind of fear that's going to come is going to push us, and we're going to begin to be scared of things. We're going to be like, I don't want to say nothing. If I say something, I'll get labeled. I'll be marked. We haven't been in that that type of situation yet as a society. This is the good old USA of A, the land of freedom. But yet now, we are the ones having to defend. God help us. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Así que no juzguéis nada antes de tiempo hasta que venga el Señor, el cual también aclarará lo oculto de las tinieblas y manifestará los intentos de los corazones. Y entonces... Cada uno tendrá de Dios la alabanza. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Everybody likes that one here in church. Amen. I feel like you're judging me, brother. Until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. Listen to this. We serve a God that brings things to light. Have you ever had something in your life, doesn't matter when you were small or when you were old, come to light? Did you ever tell a fib and then you, it came to light? Our God brings things to light that are deep, brings things to light that are wounds, that are hurts, that are pains. Our God brings things to light that medication can't bring to light. Therapy can't bring to light. He only knows how to bring it to light with his power. What has God brought to light in your life? I think about all the things that God brought to light in my life. What has he brought? There's no weight. There's no weight to it. We all think that, oh, man, that's, he brought that to light. I've never had or done something like that. That's not the way God will look at it. From the simplest things, from a gossip to the deep things of pornography, drunkenness, doesn't matter in God's eyes. He's looking at things, wanting to work with both, equally the same. But we fall into this trap of acclimated faith. You know what that acclimated faith is? Is you start to walk very slowly doing something. I think if I do it and nothing happens, I'll keep on doing it. If I keep on doing it and nothing happens, 
and I can keep on doing it a little faster. And then pretty soon it just becomes normal. And it's who I am and what I do, and you accept it or not. And if you don't accept it, you don't love me. See, for me, our God in his love never accepted sin. I love how Jesus accepted the person. We see him conversing with the woman at the well, this woman that had multiple husbands, and the one she was with wasn't even, it, wasn't even her husband, and yet he's conversing with her. So I see God interacting with her but not accepting sin, but yet bringing it to light. And you see, our acclimated faith is a little different. Oh, that's not the way I see things. This is the way I believe it. And this is the danger of opinions. If they're not grounded in the word of God, if they're not a part of God's word, your opinion, then it's just your opinion. Don't mix it with God's opinion. Don't try to puzzle it in and say, you see, it's God's opinion. And just use part or twist the word. But use the word fully as it is. Our hope and our confidence and our trust is that God is not a liar. And that what he has written And I love, I love that verse that says, I will not judge you. My word will judge you. You know what God's saying here? Pretty much go cheat. I put all the answers in that book that you have called the Bible. Go ahead and go cheat. Find a way to get in. Cheat. Do it. Everything's right here on what you need to do to get in. And that day you're standing before me, if you followed the word of God, I can't judge you because my word has established you. And you know what, brothers and sisters? This is where the word of God becomes honey, becomes sweet to us and not bitter. Because when we hear the word of God and we hear rules, oh, I don't want rules. My kids aren't going to have rules. How many parents here are saying my kids aren't going to have rules? I want to see you so I can see. Because you know what? My head, look at this right here. I hope you have a full set of, come on. You can zoom in. Yeah, he's going. He's going for the zoom. Yeah. Who's saying it? You're saying it. I hope you have beautiful hair right now. The kids ain't going to have rules. The word of God asks us to instruct and to raise our family in him. You raise your kids in the things of God, they will not depart from them. When this world changes, the world changes, but they don't change. You see, this world can change. This world can do a lot of different things, throw a lot of different things at you. But your kids, 
will have this foundation established in them. This is why the enemy attacks young couples, young families. This is why, you know, things happen, job opportunities happen to keep you away. I don't know what it is. But I know one thing, when we're we in the last days and it says that the love of many will wax cold because evil is growing. And if it says that the word of God is what's going to judge you, then why get to church? If the enemy wants to separate you from it. 2 Timothy 3, 1. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And I want to just, I want to take these in, in some quick little segments right here. So, so, again, let's go back to verse 1 so we could just, you know, I, I used to like, when you, were, when you were younger, did you used to have a highlighter? Who has a highlighter here? Highlighters, man, look at, see, look at how times have changed. Man, people used to have highlighters all the time because you just, you want to, oh, man, that's a good one. I'm going to highlight it, right? When you're younger, you just highlighted everything, didn't you? You look at a page and it's all highlighted. You're like, well, what'd you get out of this page? uh, Oh, I got a couple of things, but then I just got everything good. Right, so we're going to use a spiritual highlighter here, okay? So just, just work with me on this, right? This know also that... In the last highlighting, last days, okay? Got your spiritual highlighter? Who got it? Who needs one? Anybody got an extra one? If you didn't raise your hand, somebody will give you one. (sighs) Everybody wants to play, huh? Last days, spiritual highlighting. And look what it says. In Spanish, it says, that in the last days, it's going to be dangerous. Okay? The last days are dangerous. We're going to go on to the next verse we're reading. And why is it going to be dangerous? Because men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, listen to this. When you start to love your own self, that's a guarantee 100% that you don't have Jesus in you. 100%. You want to know how? Because if Jesus loved his own self, he would never got on the cross. But right there, when it just says people are going to be lovers of themselves, I ain't talking about. I'm talking about not changing for their family, not changing to better their own selves, but just wanting to be happy. I want to live life. Lovers of their own selves. Not considering what's around them. But making it about them. Oh, we've seen it all. I remember the most selfish times of my life when I was young. Oh, I remember. I'm ashamed to share even some of the stories on how selfish I was. You can ask Sister Libby. She'll share them with you. (laughs) Just kidding, Sister Libby. Really? 
And it says here, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now listen to this. Que habrá hombres amadores de sí mismos, avaros, vanagloriosos, soberbios, detractores, desobedientes a los padres, ingratos, sin santidad. So, if we just look at this thing, and we're going to highlight, remember I didn't forget about highlighting, got your spiritual highlighter, everybody got the spiritual highlighter. So, lovers of their own selves, okay? We got that one. Boasters, proud, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. I skipped a couple of them because some of us may not understand what it is to covet something. To covet something is to desire it to a point where that's all you think about, that you'd kill for it, that you don't care if something bad happens to that person so you can get it. And David coveted the man's wife. What did he do? He sent him to the front lines. Brothers and sisters, when you look at these things, these are normalized things that we see, disobedient to parents. It still happens. We can have children. We can have things, and it still happens. We can still be very disobedient to our parents. Ungrateful. Unthankful was a big one to me because when you're unthankful is when we're here in second service and nobody will get up to thank God for little things. Simple things. I like to thank God for my job. I like to thank God for my health. I like to thank God for my ch children's health. I like to thank God for my marriage. I like to thank God for. But we have been acclimated to not be grateful, unthankful. Because it all starts out with lovers of ourselves it's hard for you know it's hard for us to be thankful when all we're doing is thinking about our selves it's all it's hard for us to be grateful and stand up and humble ourselves when all we're doing is thinking about ourselves because it says one thing here proud i'm proud makes me unthankful, grateful. We become boasters also. Boasters is talking about stuff, proud of something, excited about something, and, the, and slight lies come into it because we're just on a roll of being so proud. Oh, oh, he's, yeah, my, my child, he's super, super, super smart, yeah. Two grades advanced, and now the boasting just takes you down a slippery thing, and pretty soon, two years old, and they're in college. 
Person's like, wow. You see, boasting is contradicting what God says for us to be in being humble. Because the love of many will wax cold because a lot of us don't want to hear this. We don't want to hear this because a lot of us are this. I remember when, we brought, when I brought the message of the spirit of Jezebel, you know, when I brought that message about the spirit of Jezebel, people that week were coming up and saying, man, it was crazy. I always thought it was just woman stuff, but it's men stuff too. Absolutely, because it's a spirit. It's not gender bias. When it's a spirit, it's not gender bias. When it's spiritual traits that can equate to things for men, it's a spirit. And this things that we're talking about doesn't just pick a gender. It picks anything that is void, anything that is empty, anything that's not guarded. When you don't guard your heart, then things will come in and acclimate themselves. Until you start looking at your heart and saying, when did that come in? When did that belief come in? When did that acceptance come in? And it became normal, this acclimated faith, that I can't even see the difference anymore. Because everything looks normal now. I mentioned before, a fish that is put into another tank, you have to acclimate it. The water's different. The fishes are different. A fish can die that day, that night, because things are different. We keep on reading here. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Now listen to this. It all started with what? The last days, right? Are dangerous, right? I think a lot of these things we could just check off. They're happening. We might be able to say all things are happening. And it said that the last days are dangerous. And it said that you could wax cold, forget about your identity, forget how God loved you, gave his life for you. And you begin to, I don't know if I like these brothers. What are they good for? They just do church. I've seen it. I've seen it. God gave me an opportunity to see that here in the church. People that begin to not work on themselves so started hating us. Families destroyed because of pride. God help us. It's become so serious because the enemy wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your family. 
Listen to me, what I'm saying, because when he destroys your family, when he splits your family, when he divides your family, then he's got an opportunity to destroy it completely. And it's a battle for the family. Verse 4. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. We've seen this. But he's so excited about something that has nothing to do with God. Gosh, if I could just get you that in church. If you could yell and cheer and scream, shout, and praise the way you do for those Dallas Cowboys, Texas Longhorn. Oh, if you could just shout a little bit. You see, a lot of y'all, you don't know, you don't know where I come from. Liz knows that. I'm picking on Liz because Sam knows it. Used to have a little, little doll, didn't I, Liz? You remember that when I used to have that doll and I used to have everybody you know, rub the doll, rub the doll. I come up to the front of the TV. First and miss a field goal for the first time. I was like, this thing works. But guess what? Every season, Brother Renee, there's that little big-headed cowboy doll. God told me one time, you act a fool in these things, and you're afraid and all reserved and don't want to raise your hands and don't get in, you know, aren't afraid to get in front of the public and praise God. You're the loudest person. Because, you see, there had to come a balance in my life. And God had to overtake the balance. And I had to make that normal. Keep on reading verse 5. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So, brothers and sisters, having the form of godliness. Now, this is in society today. People making decisions for us. On both sides, having a form of godliness. But yet there's these, all these things. There's these things that check off on them. It says here in the Word of God. Don't be involved with them. But here, life, friendships, all these different things that we have, family, all these different things, if these things are happening and the Word of God is telling you this and we don't listen to this, then we're being infected and we're being acclimated. We're getting used to these things that it becomes normal. And then our talk stops, starts changing. Our opinion starts changing. And it's like, where did this happen from? How did this happen? And it was all because we didn't nip it in the bud when there was a question or something happened. We didn't take the time. 
We didn't stand our ground. But why there's life, there's hope. You see, some of us, we hear that and we get into this fetal position. You know what the fetal position is, right? The baby coming out, fetus. Like, how's this going to change? It changes with you changing. It changes with you being an example. It changes with you being grounded. These things change. The future changes with you holding on and establishing It doesn't change by reflecting and saying, you're right, brother, I didn't do these things, and now look. No, it changes with saying, as they stood in front of Peter after he said, you crucified him, the king of glory. And they said, well, what do we do? Because they were pricked in their hearts. Peter said, repent. And be baptized. Now, some of us that have been baptized, repent! And ground yourself. And establish yourself. And say, my opinion is my opinion. It's not God's opinion. I need God's opinion to overtake my opinion. And then I'll start taking back things that were my opinion that were causing me to suffer and struggle check by check. No home, my home. But it starts with us. Start with us when the first thing it says that we're lovers of ourselves. Lovers. Verse 2 says, It's a dangerous time we're in because people love themselves. And I tell you, if you love yourself, you love talking about things, right? The Word of God's being preached and you just got to talk. Seeing you in a while, right? I consider it to God's message to you. What God's wanting to say to you. Oh, it's more important to get caught up. And yet this message was for you. And the snake, as he was with Eve, he comes and deceives you. And here we go again. Another year, another problem. And we sit here crying in front of God. And God's tired of hearing you cry when he's brought the word, when he's brought the change, when he's given the solution, and we've turned away from him. And yet we find ourselves crying to God, standing up and saying, I need this. But God remembers and plays it back and says, do you remember the day that I spoke to you loving yourself? You didn't listen. 
You didn't care. I need you to stay in this one for a little bit. I need to get a little hotter than it's ever gotten before. It seems like some demons didn't get off last time. And we start to say, God, God, save me. God, take me out of this, God. This trial that I'm in, God, take me out quickly, God. And God says, nah, let's turn it up a little bit. Because you're still, you're still not praising me. You're still not understanding and owning. Oh, it's mighty when God talks to you. When you're going through a trial and God's speaking to you personally. And you still know the things that you got to let go, the things that you need to release. And that's why these days are dangerous. People will love themselves so much that they won't want to hear what God is saying. And they'll justify it in other ways. What's well, normal? People are like this today. People struggle in their marriages, mom and dad. No. The acclimated faith. Acclimated belief. It couldn't have been normal for me when I got married. When I was having struggles in my marriage. And God was saying two people needed to get fixed before it was too late. Turn to Revelations 21. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, we need to talk more about hell. (laughs) I even forgot about hell. There's one time I brought a message to the youth, and I was like, let's talk about hell. Because I don't think we talk about hell enough. And what amazed me with this verse, and I'm, you know, the bottom part is, you know, the lake of fire that doesn't stop, you know. But it says, but the fearful. Listen to that. It started all these witchcraft and all these whoremongers, and, and you start to hear all these things. But it starts out with, but the fearful. What is God telling us here? It's because it takes the the courageous take it by force. The people that stand their ground, the people that can say, I was wrong. I should have known better. I should have been the one. I should have owned this. I should have been the head of this. I shouldn't have let these things happen, but the fearful is where it starts out here. And then the push to all the things. 
we find ourselves here and, and we hear these things and they prick us and they annoy us and, and it bothers us and it's, and it's just like, you know, church isn't the place to be at. Church, don't, I don't want to go to church. I'll go to church. I'll go to church and hear about myself. My life's hard already as it is. I don't want to go to church. I have a boss already that beats up on me and tells me I'm these things. I don't need to hear this at church. I remember sitting. And I'm hearing all these things, and I'm, and that's me. I don't want to go to church. I don't need to hear. I don't need this right now. And the God was like, tighten yourself down. Put the belt on. There's some turbulence coming in in your life right now. Put that belt on. It's hitting you right in, right in the face. God was right here. And God was like, put that belt on. Because I can't be fearful. I can't be a coward. I have to be courageous. Because hell's going to also be filled up with fearful people. I don't have the courage to say, How do I change this, God? How do I change this, God? What do I got to do, Father, to change this? And the answer is in His Word. Times are dangerous today, more than ever. And the love of many is waxing cold. What hope do we have? What hope do we have? We have no hope if it's not in God. You have no hope. You have no master plan if God's not in the middle of it. Listen to me. You might think you got it figured out. It might be all calculated. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. One of these days, we're going to have this. We're going to have that. But where's God? And this is why we're in these days, because we were lovers of ourselves. Our own plan was good. Oh, that's a good plan. Oh, I saw this on the Internet. Oh, I sat in a seminar. But God, in the middle of your family, God, in the middle of your marriage, God, in the middle of your job, middle of your conversations, He holds it together. He opens doors, closes doors. I've seen it in my life. But when we become lovers of ourselves, we love our ideas, our plans. I want to love God. I want to love God. I want to love God. Matthew 24. Watch, therefore, for ye not know what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, 
he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Now listen to this. Go back a verse, brother. If we find ourselves being vigilant, as this example is given of our homes, then the enemy's not going to come in and break it up. There's too many secrets going on. There's too many marriages being held on by a thread. There's too many problems going on. We don't want to hear it anymore. How could these things be happening to me? I've been in church. They weren't supposed to happen to me in church. The thing is, it doesn't matter being in church. If, if God's not in you, We're not getting credits for things. We got to leave here with an assurance that we heard the word of God. We took the word of God with us. And quit running away from God. When it gets hot and heavy, I don't want to be a runner anymore. I know God's going to break me, shape me, make me, put me back in that oven. I want to accept these things and say, God, are we getting there, God? Do you see anything else, Father? Search me like David said. Search me, Father, because you know what's inside of me that some people don't see. The snake that comes out. You know. Are we paint a picture at church? That's not who we are. You ain't what you hear at church. Like a pastor used to say it, when things are falling apart is who you are. Not when everything's good. Oh, God, search my heart. So I don't find myself being broken into. So I don't find myself and my family being hurt, split apart. Taken away. God, let this be a message that penetrates my heart. That reaches me this time. I'm too confident I'm too confident in myself, and I haven't done anything. I haven't proved anything except that I can't do it. I haven't proved anything, but I can't, that I, can, I can't do it myself. And I refuse, God, to submit to you, to be obedient to you, God. I refuse. I rebel against you, God. Because you say something, and I do the opposite thing, God, because it doesn't align with what I've acclimated in my life. So I keep on doing it. 
and doing it and doing it until it becomes normal. So I can justify it. I can explain it. Oh, man, I can explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. You want to take the time so I can explain it to you? But our faith has got to come back. And we've got to return. I'm going to ask the musicians to pass on up. Our faith has got to return to God. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? I'm going to ask anybody that would like to pass up for prayer that you pass up. Ask Brother Lorenzo to come and if it's redemption, if it's prayer, if it's a need that you have to today. Don't stop this opportunity from God coming and helping you. We're all weak. We've all been weak in our lives. We've all struggled with things in our lives. God knows our weaknesses. God knows we are weak in things. It is him that can make us strong. It is him that makes us stronger. We ask God for his strength this morning. We ask God to lift us up. As we praise God with these songs right here. Sentado en el trono.